Hello, and welcome to the Meeting Your Soul podcast. I'm Fair, your host. And as always, I appreciate you coming here. I appreciate you listening in. I appreciate you being interested in the self-discovery journey of understanding who you are on a deeper level and in a more intimate and honest and authentic kind of way. And to be able to have the conversations, to be able to do the work in order to navigate your own self-discovery process in the most compassionate and loving way possible. And I am hopefully offering you the cocoon to be able to um, kind of move through these stages within yourself um, in order to blossom into the beautiful butterfly, morph into the beautiful butterfly that I know that you are, women and men. (laughs) All right. So thank you as always. And let's go ahead and dive into today's topic, which is kind of a heavy one, guys. I'm going to keep it real. It's a little, it's a little intense. So just almost be aware of what triggers come up for you, even when I first bring this up and it's body image. And it's one that I've almost shied away from this topic. I didn't really want to get into it until even I had a clear understanding of how I felt about it, what I really wanted to discuss and how to approach it, because it's something that I have genuinely struggled with for most of my life. My entire upbringing, so much around being a woman in general, is always around your appearance, your body, the way you're shaped, um, where you have fat, where you don't have fat, um, what you eat, how much you eat, when you eat who you eat. It's like, it's a whole thing. Right. And I think for a lot of ladies out here, especially that have grown up in America, I think that that is just very much a norm. And it's something that we grow up with. We almost feel and have accustomed to just feeling that it's normal. And, um, I kind of want to shine light on it because I think it's a huge deterrent for a lot of men and women to really find full self-acceptance, to really kind of lean into that idea of self-love and really um, to be able to own who we are in every facet of the way. And a lot of it comes from this image that we have in our minds that we feel like we need to be in order to be loved, in order to be attractive and all of the above, right? So there is actually, I was looking up studies on this. 46% of elementary school students, especially girls, are on diets. Can I get a what the fuck? Because I read that stat and I was like, what does a nine? And I I think I sincerely, this makes me cry thinking. It's like, I think of my daughter being on a diet because she thinks that she's too, like that she's too large or that her body shape isn't right, that she needs to be fixed in some way or that she needs to limit how much she eats because of it. I find that statistic honestly like disturbing. I like read it and I like, I just had to, and I'm having an emotional reaction to it now because I recognize that I may have gone through that. I may have experienced it. That's probably very much not even just within like outside influences, but even within my internal family. I remember a very young age getting plates taken away from me as a kid saying I was eating too much bread. Um, I remember me being told that I, my stomach should be perfectly flat. And if it's not perfectly flat, that um, I needed to lose weight very early on. I would. I remember one time I was in um, high school that I should conceal my stomach in some way. I should conceal parts of my body because they weren't ideal, that I didn't have perfectly defined abs. I didn't have this or that. So in that per- period that I should hide from other people. I should hide it from the people around me, especially men. And that if men didn't desire me, that I wasn't enough and that I needed to do what I needed to do in order to be desired. 
And were these intentional programming and thoughts and beliefs that were getting instilled in me? No, I, I definitely, I, you know, I'm very close with my entire family. We've talked about all of these things. It's very much in the open. It's kind of a, kind of a more um, casual conversation, a more candid conversation nowadays. Um, but at the same time, uh, throughout most of my upbringing, those were stories, those were thoughts, those were um, really opinions that were strongly reinforced in a lot of different areas. And um, that was definitely something that I internalized. I never really, I, I'm already a cancer, which cancers are one of the most insecure signs in the Zodiac. So it's like, I was already kind of insecure with who I was. Um, I also looked very different than a lot of the kids around me. 80% of my high school was white. So like I was darker complexioned. I, um, you know, I was very dorky. I was very awkward kid when I was, especially elementary middle school. I, you know, I wore glasses. I was really shy. I like, had no confidence, really low self-esteem. And I really leaned on my intelligence. That's kind of how I presented to the world. I was like, well, at least I'm smart. That's why you always think like, I get good grades. I'm, I'm smart. I, people want me to be in their like groups, their group projects, because they know that I'll, like they'll get a good grade. <laughs> that was like where I leaned in and found my sense of work, you know, or, you know, at least a contributing factor, especially in social settings. And, um, I remember the first guy that ever had a crush on me. I don't know why I'm so emotional today. This is, uh, who knows? Who knows? It's, we're still in eclipse season. It's probably all of it. But um, one of the first, it was my first crush too. His name was Aaron Lee. He has since passed. Um, but he, um, I remember him looking at me and I was like, why are you looking at me that? Like, it just like kind of out of it, you know? And I, I just was like <laughs> weirded out. And he was like, you're really beautiful. You know that? And I was like, no, that's like not, that's not the compliment I get. Like, I don't know who you, I don't know who you say those do, but like, that's not what people say to me. Cause like, I don't think I am. Oh, and then I looked up the set 85% of women don't think they're attractive. So 85% also just think of that 85%, the majority, the majority, more than the majority of women don't think that they're attractive. And it was like 60% of men don't think they're attractive. So it's across the board, but women even significantly higher. And I think there's so much emphasis that gets placed in women's looks as well, where a man can lean on their skill set or their intelligence or even like power or money status. Like that can be something that helps contribute towards their like confidence and worth and self-esteem. While with women, I think there is just so heavily, again, I'm speaking more into this American society and I, I'm, I'm assuming across the world as well, but I'm not as familiar with that. So I just want to be like, um, limit this to, cause I know a lot of people listen from all over that there is, you know, it's an open forum in that way. And I would be curious to hear kind of how this is represented within other cultures too. I would be fascinated to hear. Um, and I grew up in a very traditional Japanese family. Um, my dad was um, half black and Japanese and he, my grandmother was very traditional Japanese, which it's all, you know, in Asian culture in general, it's all about being petite. It's all about being very thin. It's all about having like very smooth skin, um, being light, um, there is a lot of connotation around all of those pieces and that that is what they emphasize. That is what they drill in. That is what's important. That is what's most important. And, um, you know, my grandmother, I'm very grateful. She's a very traditional Japanese woman. She has also passed. Um, she always would talk to me about, um, you know, being petite was very important. Um, but also like to be a charismatic woman, to be intelligent, to be composed, um, to be respectable, to be stylish, to be fashionable. There was other things that she definitely instilled in me. Um, 
and to have integrity to hold yourself with a sense of grace um, and regalness, which again, again, I've almost cried now three times. You guys, something is fucking going on. I don't know, but I, um, I, I'm so grateful for those qualities. Right. So like, I'm very much, those are a part of who I am. It's a huge part of my confidence. It's a huge part of how I carry myself. And I think, especially as I got older, especially once I got into my thirties, once I was, you know, my late twenties and thirties to be able to really fill in as a woman and to be able to hold those things and to be able to carry those over to my daughter. Like that's, it, it literally is one of the, the things I'm, um, most concerned with is to be able to help shape her into a confident woman, um, no matter what size she is, no matter what she looks like, no matter how she compares to other women. I think that's really important. And that's also the reason why I wanted to do this podcast, because I think that we don't talk about it enough. All these things are driven in our society. We have so much, so many images of women and unrealistic images of women that we are comparing ourselves to on social media and, you know, the media as a whole and celebrities, all these unrealistic expectations that just get poured into us from such an early age. You know, when you think about TikTok and all these kids that are doing their makeup and everything, and it's like, you know, like, I just am really conscious of that because I know how much it affected my self-esteem as a younger girl and how much I never felt I was enough because I didn't have a perfectly flat stomach. And then even, and then I wasn't this blonde hair Abercrombie model, which Abercrombie was huge when I was younger. So that was also a big part of like a lot of, you know, self-esteem issues. And I think a lot of people from like this, like, you know, millennial generation, Abercrombie like set the stage for what was cool, what was attractive, like everyone looked to that. But like, if you weren't a natural blonde with freckles, with like a super long torso and just the right size boobs that you didn't need to wear a bra, like it just wasn't working for anybody else, you know? And like, I strive to be that. That was like the image that I like wanted so badly when I was younger and I just wasn't it. And I, I think I molded into it. I got, I got more comfortable as I got older. I also went through puberty and like, was it going into eighth grade? And, um, I drastically changed the way I looked. So like my whole body, like puberty, like those hormones kicked in like, whoa, I like, like I was completely flat chested, obviously as a kid. And then I was like immediately a full C, almost D cup. I was still really petite. I was still small. I had really tiny hips. I still have tiny hips. Um, but it was just like, and then I just like, and then my, my glasses got off. I got contacts, waxed the brows, started doing my hair, like wore makeup. I like changed. I literally, people thought I was a different person. I went to school. I remember my first day of school in eighth grade. We went to like junior high and all the middle schools merge and everyone thought I had switched schools. They're like, what school did you come from? Where, you know, it's been in school with me since elementary, but it's cool. No big deal. Middle school definitely knew everyone. Um, but that's how much, that's how much I look. That's how drastically I transformed. And so at that point I was suddenly like catapulted into a completely different friend group. I've seen, and again, in this more like sexualized, attractive way, it was very foreign to me. I had no idea. And I was just trying to figure it out as we all do. Um, and again, then I think I almost leaned into being like almost hypersexual because then I was like, Oh, guys like this guys, like my boobs guys, like, um, me being flirtatious, like guys, like all of these things. It's almost like, I just like, (laughs) like 
like progressed in a way. Cause I was like, I leaned on my intelligence so much and that is still very much a part of who I was. But then I was like, Oh no, I need to be like a dumb, like, like giggly girl for guys to like me and like be attracted to me. And it's like all programming. These are all things, again, being so conscious of what you read, what you see, and just noticing how that affects who you think you need to be in order to be received well, you know, and just really, really being mindful of that. And I think now I'm almost hyper aware of it. And I'm like, way too comfortable with myself. So I'm like, fuck everybody else. I don't try to be aggressive, but kind of, I, um, and so now I've leaned so much into my own worth and my own individuality. I recognize the importance of that above all else. And so now I think that it's just so important for me to do the complete opposite, just to hold true, to honor myself, to recognize that my body is sacred, that I am sacred, that my individuality is actually my superpower, my creativity, who I am as the wholeness of who I am, my intelligence, my experience, my spirituality, my personality is just as influential in how people are attracted to me and magnetized towards me as like, it, I am trying to be just as fly on the inside as I am on the outside. Does it mean that I don't like think that my, that, but that's like why I almost leaned away from having this conversation is because then I even was thinking like, well, am I, I also, so full disclosure, I lost about 30 pounds. So I gained a lot of weight when I was pregnant, which was a whole nother thing. I think any moms out there, they know that your body gets taken over by an alien, the baby, but straight up. And everything shifts, everything changes, wild things go on. You gain drastically gain weight, uncontrollably gain weight, which is what you're intended to do. But I remember I was like gaining weight but it was like, <laughs> any mom knows what I'm talking about. I, or maybe not all moms, but I'll tell you, you just get this like layer of fat across your stomach and you just start, you're just, your waist starts to get bigger. And it's like dope, so stoked that I'm just like, I literally just look like I'm getting like, I'm expanding in my waistline, you know, like I, I, and I, I hate to say this, but it's like, I just felt like I was getting fat. You know, I was just like, I'm getting fat. And that was one of the first times I'd gone through a lot of self-study before that I was feeling really comfortable with who I was. And I had, you know, I worked out, I was practicing yoga regularly. I was, I've always exercised. I've always been fit. I've always been active. And, um, you know, I had the freshman 15, I gained quite a bit of weight first year of college, but then I started working out and getting active again and just eating healthier. And thankfully, thankfully I am able to kind of bounce back pretty quickly. So it's like never been a huge, like thing for me to like, if I gain weight, I'm able to lose it quickly. And I know that again, that's a blessing all on its own. And that is not um, the case for a large majority of people. And it's also like I had the tools to know what to eat. I actually was able-bodied to be able to work out. I knew where to work out, how to work out. I took weight training classes. I knew that I could be, you know, somewhat agile. So I'd run a lot. And so like I'd run and, you know, lift weights and go to like spin classes, you know? And so I was doing this, but again, even the fact that I was so mindful of this my entire life, like I've been doing that since I was young. For as long as I can remember, when I was super young, I wasn't working out. And all my friends did because they were in sports. And I wish I was in sports. If I was in sports, I think that would have played a part in it. Um, but I was, a, I was a cheerleader. And we were actually, I had a really good, we had a great crew of um, cheerleaders. And so in high school, it was actually really nice because we, we, we used to emphasize, and I'm, great, I'm immensely grateful for this, is that our captains were very much more of like, we are 
strength training to be able to be athletes. Like we are athletes and we're going to dance. We should be able to dance. We should be able to stunt. We should be able to do these things. And that's why we're working out for no other reason. I don't want to even talk about any other reasons. I don't want anyone bringing this up. Everyone ate food. Everyone like, but that's, you know, as ladies and some gentlemen know, like some women just don't really eat and eating disorders are extremely prevalent. 20 million women within the U S suffer from fucking eating disorders. 10 million men. It's extremely common. I know a few and I grew up with really unhealthy interactions around food and knew a lot. The majority of the people around me had very unhealthy relationships with food, either the limitation, bulimia, all of it. It was something that I, it was so normal. I'm telling you, it was so normal. And, and, and that's so awful to say, but it's so true. And I, I want to shed light on that because I think that there's this idea that it doesn't exist, that's something that's ignored, but in a certain way, it's reinforced. You lose weight, people tell you you look good. You know, it's effective and it's, it's horrifying at the same time because then you recognize that someone has to literally restrict or have this very convoluted relationship with something that's supposed to give you nutrients that's supposed to bring you joy i love food more than most things in life so like i i could never be the one (laughs) i know it sounds terrible and i'm not trying to make light of it but i really like i really couldn't not eat because i just love food and i love to eat and i love that like and i'm Taurus moon like i just want to sit there and like scrum scrum like and i i just still to say i will devour a pizza i literally go to mcdonald's sometimes and just like eat a big mac like i will eat burgers and french fries probably at least once or twice a week i'm also be positive blood type which i need red meat and i didn't eat red meat because of weight and i was like oh if i don't eat red meat i won't gain weight and so i didn't eat red meat for like 15 years straight up like all throughout high school and then throughout my entire 20s i didn't eat red meat when i was pregnant i became anemic or i was borderline anemic so i had to start eating red meat i craved burgers i was eating burgers cheeseburgers hot dog or not cheeseburgers cheeseburgers cake ice cream i had to have some type of sweet every day but i gained like 50 pounds solid 50 pounds the healthy weight which i think is bullshit healthy weight is like 25 which you could only gain 25 pounds the baby's like 10 of that anyways but I gained very much exceeded the, what they suggested. I was also really petite. So they were just like, Oh, you're fine. You know? And I honestly wouldn't, but I, I'm already so conscious of like people telling me, especially like other women telling me that I need to be a certain weight or body shaming, women body shame each other all the time. And it's disgusting to be perfectly honest, the way that we reinforce with one another, all of the negative stereotypes that are already imposed on us from the larger society, just again, it's just the circle, a, a true cycle of abuse in a way towards women and the, the views that we have towards our bodies and ourselves. And um, so I ate what I wanted, did what I wanted, but I gained a significant amount of weight. Once I got over this, that initial layer and my bump came out, like, you know, like the cute little bump, which a lot of women have issues with. And I did not like it first. Honestly, I was not a fan, but I was just like, I was like, whatever, fuck it, we're here. But I got so big. But you want to know how many fucking people commented on my stomach? Oh, you look like you're about to explode. Wow. You really, you, you're larger. You can, you're up there. Are you, are you almost due? Your baby has to be around the corner. That's the only way you could be that big. Why is it fucking okay for people to comment on a woman's body in that way? If first off, or also when someone loses weight, wow, have you lost weight? You look so great. 
Like, why do we feel like that's going to be the first thing that we even need to discuss? Like, why not ask about a woman's goals, where she's headed, what she's doing, what's inspiring her, how she's activating her creativity, her sensuality, what? Ever. Like there's so many other things that we could focus on, but again, it just does not happen. And that is another reason why I wanted to have this pod because I think that women are just as connected, like so much of our image and our confidence is linked with our self image that I think cultivating a positive self image is really, 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 really fucking important. And I think it's taken me a lifetime to be able to get into a point. I finally like my body. Truly. I finally love my body. I actually, I feel like I'm a goddamn snack walking around here. I I don't mean to say this to be weird. And for those of you that know me on social media, like I'll be posting thirst traps every once in a while. I'll put them out there. I don't even fucking care because I like myself and I do it for no other reason other than the fact that 10 years ago, five years ago, I would be caught dead doing it. I would be mortified. I would feel so ashamed, so uncomfortable, so insecure that I couldn't even possibly do it even if I wanted to. So I do that now as a body positivity thing for me and also to recognize who the fuck cares. If I like the picture, if I like how I look in it, if I feel good about myself and how I'm being seen in that particular image, then I'm going to do what I want. And if you have a negative connotation about that, that's your problem, not my fucking problem. And I think that that's something, again, that I've had to own my own worth. I've had to lean into my own just like self-confidence and reassurance and like to know that I am the, I'm in control of me and I am in, in, in control of who I'm bringing into my life. And if any brings me any flack or honestly, if I get a negative um, kind of comment, it's like blocked, you're out, please remove I don't need that energy. I don't need that time. I don't have time for it. And also I've uh, plenty of haters are out there in the world and we've all experienced them firsthand. If you want to be a hater, fine, go ahead and do what you want to do. But like, why not love each other? You know, why not support, especially women supporting other women? Why not encourage your friend to have a fucking donut if she wants to have a donut? Why not be okay with eating carbs because they're delicious? Like, why do we have to feel like we need to be sick thin in order to be beautiful? It's not true. It's just simply not true. And, and so much now I'm like, the only thing I am still slightly insecure about is my tush. And that's just because I'm so petite. And again, the one time then when brown women were then perceived in the media, like when I was in high schools in this attractive way, or in this, like bringing to the light even more, you know, outside of black culture, but even there's, you know, that within that. And I was like, you know, mixed. So I didn't necessarily identify with the super curvy body. I, and then I was like, it was just, it was a whole slew of things. I just, I felt like I just was this oddball that like looked like no one else and was like, just like weird and a total weirdo. And, um, JLo came out and everyone said, I look like JLo, but she obviously has got that I asked for days, did not have that. So then I, I literally remember I was working at the gym. I like, <laughs> I talked to a couple of my friends into like giving me like tips on how to like build my butt up. I was doing like those little leg lifts like every fucking day. Anyways, I was doing all that. I was doing the most, but, um, 
But I then again, comparison is the thief of joy. I say it over and over. And it's like comparing yourself to anyone else is just going to fail you because you are like no one else. You look like no one else. Your body is unique to you and you're fucking beautiful just as you are. And if there's anything that you take from this podcast, that's what I want people to take from this is that you are fucking gorgeous. You are so stunning. You are beautiful. You are perfect in every way. And not the perfection that is like this idealistic image that's unattainable. No, I mean the person that you are and the way that you look and the way that your clothes fit you and the way that you just like hug that shit like nobody else can, girl, that's fucking you. That is you and that is your superpower. That's why you're special. That's why you're unique. That's why you are spectacular a fucking chef's kiss to you okay and i really i want people to be able to own that to be able to you know look at their bodies when they're looking in a mirror to be able to recognize the beauty the, the strength the capabilities, what you've done within your life, the fact, whatever you've done, if you've created a baby, that you've created a baby, if you have stretch marks, all good. That created a human life within you. If you have gained weight for any other reason or, you know, are missing limbs, like whatever it is, like there's no one else that looks the way you do that has been through your experiences and holds the weight and the value that you do within your own soul. And when you tap into that, that magnetism that gets exuded from you is literally unmatched. And people always will tell me now, I love your energy. I love how you good vibes. I just love what you put out into the world. I love the way I feel around you. And I can tell you 1000% that that is much more influential in how someone perceives me than anything else going on within my life. And maybe superficially, they might see some other things leading up to that. But that's what's going to make the lasting impression. That's why people want to be around me. That's why people want to be in my presence. And I truly, and if, if I'm, trust me, if a man is just telling me how beautiful I am or just as commenting on certain things, but doesn't speak to any of the other traits and things that I bring to a relationship or into someone's life, I'm not entertaining it in the least bit. And I can tell you that right now because I know that what I have to offer is so much more multifaceted than just my appearance. And like I was saying before, like I've also, we're all going to gain weight. We're all going to lose weight. We're all going to age. We're all going to get wrinkles. I have a ton of wrinkles. I have so many wrinkles around my face. And that's something I recently kind of got a little insecure about. And then I was like, no, this is wisdom. <laughs> These are like smile marks because I laugh, because I'm happy, because I have joy in my life. Like I got a little bit, I got a little bit right here, which I'm trying to smooth out. Also, I just noticed I do that when I'm kind of stressed. So it's like a stress mark. So like, let's reduce that a little bit. Just let's reduce the stress. But again, whatever, what can I do about it? use a good moisturizer. Okay. I'll do that. What I should just do that anyways. And like creating a lifestyle that's supportive for not your well-being, holistic well-being, I think is what's most important. And that's what I really wanted to talk about was like how to cultivate a more positive body image. And, you know, body positivity is like this big movement right now. It's coming out. And it's really just this idea that you are able and deserving to feel like you are gorgeous exactly in the state that you are in this moment and that you do not need to compare yourself to anyone else because they are not you and who you are is exactly how you are meant to be. God does not make mistakes. Sure doesn't. I can tell you that he did not make a mistake. She, he, whatever they did not make a mistake on you. And owning that 
really believing in that, I think is the first step towards more body positivity. And that's like the first step I had to take. So much of it was my, t- my negative self-talk and the things that I would say to myself um, about anything. And so I, you know, if it was, again, that my hips are smaller, I would feel like kind of insecure about them or compare myself to other girls like Kim K. Ain't got that ass. De- definitely won't. And I never will. And I'm not going to get ass shots. I thought about it. I will not have thought about it. And plastic surgery is so prevalent. So many people change things about their bodies. There's a literally entire medical field based on the fact that women and men feel insecure about their bodies and want to change themselves in some way. So I have never done anything. I don't want to ever do anything. Um, multiple of my friends try to get me to get Botox <laughs> or, you know, I know a lot of girls that get filled. I get, I, whatever, you know, and no judgment, you can, boop, do what you want. But at the same time, I do think that there is this emphasis on just leaning into why you want to get something. What's the conversation? What's the story that you're having with yourself about that particular thing? Um, or, you know, um, trait characteristic of yourself and recognizing, is it because, there's lacking in some way. Is there a desire to be like someone else? Or is, can we take ownership in our unique look and our unique appearance to be able to recognize that sometimes, and we don't notice this, how feeling comfortable with who you are and honoring your beauty, how that can inspire others to do the same. How, if you think of younger women or younger men that look at you and you're feeling confident that you like yourself, that you're owning you, who you are, that you inspire them to do the same and then remind them that they're okay too. And I think that that's like, you know, I always get emotional about these things. So I think my daughter, I think of what, you know, role model I'm setting for her. And that was so much of why I just kind of went down this, you know, self-discovery and self-love journey with my parents in particular, because I recognize how can I tell her to love her body if I don't, period. And so like, why don't I love my body? I'm, I know she's going to go up against the same thing. So like, I might as well get a head start to try to figure it out. And so, you know, what are the stories I'm telling myself about my body? What are the things that I said I was, you know, unsure about, critical of? I think it really changed a lot of how I was showing up. And it gave me the opportunity just to be more honest with myself all around. And I wanted to create and cultivate a lifestyle that I felt like was conducive for me to really show up in the best way, not only within my internal body, but also within my external body. And so I decided, you know, as I mentioned, I gained, you know, 50 pounds after baby came out. I still was, um, 40 pounds heavier than I had ever been. So I just started to recognize some different habits around my eating, around my activity levels. I've always been super active. I wasn't active at that time. It was also during COVID. You know, I just wasn't out as much. I was also drinking more alcohol, um, like, you know, more wine and stuff because you're just at home. So it's like, you know, and so like, I just wasn't as physically, um, you know, finding active as I had been pretty much my entire life. And so my one goal was like to move my booty every day. So I remember I set this goal. I was like, okay, I'm going to start moving my body every day. I'm just going to start exercising. If it's dancing, I'm going to get a sweat. So I'm going to dance 10 minutes. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to move. I'm going to do something to kind of just like 
just initiate to just like cultivate some kind of heat within my body and to feel good. Endorphins also come up when you work out. So like, I knew that that was going to help be helpful for me. I also started paying attention to like intuitive eating. What am I eating? Why am I eating this? Stress eating was a huge part of my life during that time. I literally was eat like every time I would get really stressed, I would literally shove a handful of chips into my mouth. I caught myself doing it twice, two times. And that was after I was conscious of it and I was trying not to do it. So like, it was so much a part of my like way for me to cope. It was one of my coping skills that I had to cut that out. Once I cut out stress eating, I lost 15 pounds almost immediately. It was within like three weeks, I lost 15 pounds. So like that shows how much I was doing it. So once I stopped doing that, I recognized, okay, I'm going to start, what am I hungry for? What, what is like really, what am I craving? I am B positive. So I need meat. So like, I know I need to eat meat, but like, when should I eat it? What types of meat should I eat? Also, I've done studies into, you know, I've researched things about, you know, glucose spikes and just recognizing the, like the harm that eating carbs immediately can do to your body. So it's like having some type of pro or having some type of fiber first is crucial or, um, so it's fruit or veggies and then having meat second and then having a carb afterwards. And it just sets up your gut in order to be able to process whatever food you're eating and in a more healthy and manageable way. And again, so I started being more mindful of that. I started drinking juices more. I, you know, I did cut out dairy for a while. I cut out meat, I think for like a month, I cut out um, carbs for a month. So I was like, I might as well. But again, I was like, what, how is my body responding? How do I feel like, um, and just like, kind of like, it was like kind of elimination diet to see like what felt best for me, what was serving me, what wasn't, what was aiding in my health, what was making me feel better and what wasn't. And, um, I got really clear on that. And I also started taking in like a pre and probiotic, um, that I think made a huge part. I have, I take the C probiotic, a symbiotic, um, symbiotic is what I think it's called. And it is so, it is fabulous. I'm telling you hands down, I never get bloated anymore. I feel like my health health is like tip top shape. I feel so good. I feel more energized. Like it has made such a huge difference within my life. Hands down. If you've never heard of it, look up seed.com. I heard it on a ton of different podcasts. I think almost 30 girls were talking about it and I've been hooked ever since. And I swear to you all my life is the only time I've ever had defined abs has been like within the last couple of years. And I'm telling you is because of the seed probiotic. And I'm not trying to like gas it up like that for no reason, but I'm dead ass. I did not have abs before and suddenly I did. And I think it's, I obviously work out a ton. I also practice yoga. I teach yoga regularly. I don't go to the gym. I pretty much walk and do yoga. It's like my two things that I do. I do dance. I like to dance. So I'll dance around my house. I'll get, I'll get up a sweat doing that. Um, so I'll dance. Um, and then I walk a lot. I do multiple walks a day and then I practice regular yoga as well. So I am pretty active. I'm doing at least 20, 30 minutes on a regular basis. Um, if not full hour. And then I am, um, you know, be mindful of what I eat. I'm creating a lifestyle that suits me and my goals. And so like, do I want to be an active person? Yes. Well then be an active person. What does, how does that then benefit your life? How does that change how you view yourself? And how you are just viewing the world. Like there's so many more mental health benefits to exercise as well, that that's just as much as a positive influence as the physical changes that were occurring within your body as well. So I think emphasizing health goals that you have versus weight loss. I never measured myself. I never took my weight. And even while I was losing weight, I never paid attention to it. And I, I think I shaved off about 35, 40 pounds within a year and a half. 
I'd probably say. I was also going through a really stressful time. I was going through a divorce at that time. So I think that also played a part. I also wasn't cooking for two people. Like I wasn't cooking for another person also for a while. So I could just really eat what I wanted to eat. I ate a lot more fiber. I was eating less meat. You know, I was having more like just like smaller portions because I wasn't making as much food. So I think that also, you know, all of that contributed towards that. Um, But again, it wasn't me trying. I wasn't necessarily trying to lose weight. I just, I didn't feel good anymore. I didn't feel good in my body. I didn't feel good in the skin that I was in. And I just was like, I want, I don't like this. And I know what to do. I'm literally like a yoga teacher. I've been a part of the health and fitness world for years, like a decade. So like, I just need to do these things I already know I need to do. And so I did them and it worked. So like, if you're interested in like finding a more cohesive lifestyle into kind of your fitness goals or your, you know, just body image or whatever you're trying to cultivate, I think focusing on that instead of a particular number will do wonders for you. Cause I still fluctuate quite a bit in my weight. I don't know. Actually, I have no idea because I don't weigh myself. I've never had a scale in my house. I'm very adamant about not. I don't think that number matters. I will then randomly scale, like weigh myself if I go to the doctor or something and then they'll weigh me and I'm like, Oh, okay. That's where I'm at. Um, and, uh, so that's like usually when I figure it out, but I think whatever and like your healthy weight for you and what the healthy weight for every person is different. So I think getting in touch with the number really is more of a detriment than it is as an aid for you to reach whatever goals you have set. Um, and like I was saying before, being aware of the conscious of your self-talk, how you're speaking to yourself, what stories you're making up about how you look and the things that you're insecure with. If you are you know, comparing yourself to others, I think comparison, again, is one of the biggest reasons why we feel inadequate in some way is because we feel like we're not this other person that everyone deems as perfect. I can guarantee that person probably feels just in- as insecure and probably has a few things that they don't like about themselves as well. So like we all have it. And so recognizing what and putting emphasis and value on the traits and the things that you do like about yourself, the, the skill sets that you have, your intelligence, um, and the body parts that make you you. Like, you know, if you got the girl, girl, if you got the curves, flaunt that shit, you know? Like, if you are, you know, a little bit more like petite, but, you know, you um, love your legs or even just the definition within your legs work that. If you got like some like, you know, swole arms, pump it up, pump it up. Like guys too, like I think both sides, like just like recognize the things that you love about your body. Um, look in your, in your mirror. I've talked about this a few times on the pod. I can't, I can literally not, I hope everyone does this when you get out of the mirror or when you get out of the shower or the bath, look at yourself in the mirror and think of three things that you like about yourself. Three things you like. Repeat. Run, run, run that shit back. Three things you like about yourself. I don't care what they are. It can be your face. It could be your eyes. It could be your hair. It could be your nails. Whatever. But focus on three things that you like about yourself. And if you hear that negative talk start to creep in, nip it in the butt. Notice it. Switch it around. Just notice. Replace it. Cognitive behavioral therapy. Point out the trigger for you. The tendency to go into a negative headspace. Awareness come back into receptive mode, switch the habits, switch the neural pathways, turn it around into something that you like about yourself or even like, you know, dance around naked or whatever you want. Like just do whatever feels good within your body. And that makes you feel positive. That makes you feel empowered. That makes you feel like a million fucking bucks because you are sweetheart. Let me tell you something you are, and you should always feel like that. in every day that you live your life, 
And like I was saying before, that magnetism, that confidence, that self-assurance, and like that radiates into the world around you. And I, like I said, I think a much better compliment is I love your energy. I love the way I feel around you. I love your positivity and what you're putting out into the world and the difference that you're making or the impact that you have within your daughter's life, within your life, within your friend group. Like that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm seeking. That's what I want to inspire. I could give a fuck about how much I weigh. I can give like, I do like my clothes to fit a certain way. So like, I, I even like, I've thought about this recently is like, you know, if I were to gain, I actually am kind of gaining weight right now. I can, I can tell just by the way my clothes fit. I'm a little harder time zipping some things up. Um, but I know that that's coming up, but I, I still like the way I look. And so I'm kind of like, whatever, like, can I be mindful of my, you know, aware of like eating healthy foods? And am I eating a lot of burgers? And I only ate burgers and pizza for like the last, like, and, and am I eating ice cream every night. Is this becoming my world back into my old ways? <laughs> if that's the case, vegetables are important. So I just need to eat more vegetables. I, you know, have a clean protein, eat co- incorporate a fish a couple of days a week. I made salmon and kale last week with some like quinoa, incorporate that fiber, do what you got to do. Maybe go a meatless day, like do beans and rice and some veggies, some sweet potatoes, like just mix it up. All right. Like the more colorful your diet is the better, but I am, but that's, I do know myself though. And I do do that. And I, um, but I just love food. I love food so much. And, um, I just, I can't, I can't restrain myself. I, what was it on Sunday? I woke up, I had ramen that like Japanese, like fried chicken, wontons, um, fried wontons and pizza and like a whole bowl of ice cream. Yeah. I ate that. I ate that shit. Did I eat all of it? Like, no, I had like portions of it. Did I eat like full servings of it? I ate until I was full, which I always do. Um, but well, I just went in. I definitely enjoyed, I um, indulged a little bit. Um, but again, I like to treat myself. I like to do those things because I don't want it. I don't want it to be a negative connotation. I don't want to create a negative self-talk around food. I want to be able to enjoy it enjoy it, to be able to savor it, to make it a mindfulness exercise, to take each bite, to be able to really soak it up, not to just, you know, cram it in your mouth and move on. That actually is also kind of, it's not good for you, your digestive system, because your your body doesn't know that you're eating food if you're doing a million other things while you're eating. So just like being aware of that. But again, those are mindfulness things. Those aren't necessarily weight loss techniques. It's a lifestyle change. And that's what I want to emphasize. That's what I really wanted to talk about was like, what are changes you can make within your life that then constitute a healthier body image and lifestyle. So that again, we're feeling good from the inside out, not necessarily hyper-focusing on how the world is seeing you because our body image is really stems from how we view ourselves and how we think the world views us. And body dysmorphia runs rampant. And our image of how we see ourselves can be drastically different than the world around us. And I, I also know for a fact that you know, like you putting so much emphasis or value and on how others are viewing you is also not going to bring you joy. Start with yourself, like yourself first, love yourself first, and then the rest will come. Okay. Alrighty. I think I talked about everything. Five ways to cultivate body, um, positive body image. One, health goals, not weight loss. 
removing comparison, being conscious of negative self-talk, appreciating your body and everything you've accomplished, everything you've created. If you have stretch marks, baby girl, you got those because you created a beautiful life. If you are you know, are missing a limb or something along those lines. Well, I still have another one. I still have these other things, appreciating your uniqueness and your perceived in your mind flaws and recognizing that that is, it creates the beautiful gift that you are for this world around us. And like I said, God doesn't make mistakes. Alrighty. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was of value. I hope this like made you smile, that made you think, that made you almost just even take the time to reflect on your own thoughts around body image, around your own, um, you know, your own canvas that you're working with. And to just be able to paint it with a little joy, to paint this with a, a rose-colored glasses, even if just for a day, um, to recognize the beauty that you naturally emanate into the world, because I can guarantee you that you do. And owning that, valuing that, seeing that is the first step. And also the first step towards other people being able to see that, the same thing in you. We reflect, we're mirrors. The people around us are mirrors to how we see ourselves. So um, I can't emphasize that enough just because I know it's true and we all do. So thanks for listening. If you want to reach out, have this conversation, be able to talk about your own thoughts on it, um, anything that you would like to share, have the conversation. I'm here for it. Um, my Instagram is at Ferrachino, F-E-R-R-A-H-C-H-I-N-O. You can check out my website. I just added intuitive readings onto my website. So take a look. I would um, love to be able to start doing those. I do have a very strong intuition being able to channel has been a gift that's been bestowed upon me and I want to be able to use it as a way, as a tool to be able to help others. Um, so know that I I am open to that. Um, $55 for half hour readings, not bad. Um, and we can dive into a particular question that you might have in mind and just be able to discuss it and really kind of activate within the spirit realm to be able to have that conversation. Um, so I got that going on. Um, chakra meditations. You can do all seven chakra meditations. If you're looking to incorporate mindfulness more, 21 days of mindfulness, both of those programs are 22 bucks, really affordable um, and just self-led. It's something that you can help establish um, videos online. Everything's very easily and immediately available. So I love you. Thanks for being here and I'll see you soon.